You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to be joined by former Patriots offensive tackle Matt Light and the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Phil Savage. And Brian, we're going to kick off the podcast today with former Eagles linebacker Hugh Douglas. Hugh, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Hugh, glad you came on, brother. I appreciate you getting back to us and uh, giving us a chance to to get some of your wisdom about this Philadelphia Eagles team. When you found out they were going, uh, considering the last time they went out and, and all the mess, I guess you can call it, that was hovering around that team with the T.O. and the Donovan McNabb stories, but to see this team being one that's that's gelled together as if they've been together for a very long time, even with Nick Foles being the starting quarterback, what was your take being here in Atlanta and hearing that back there in Philadelphia? Man, you know what? I was excited, man. Just another crack at it. You know, it's been a long time. It's been 13 years since the last time we went to the Super Bowl. And the, ironic, the irony is against Tom Brady. I mean, he's still playing. So for those young guys to have another crack at it, man, it was a great feeling. Great feeling for the city of Philadelphia, I'm sure. You, we know a key to beating the Patriots, be it the Giants twice in the Super Bowl, Denver a couple years ago in the AFC title game, is getting to Brady. Applying pressure, how much confidence do you have that the Eagles, led by Fletcher Cox, can get that done in the Super Bowl? Man, I tell you what, those guys have been playing well, man. And I think that, that Chris Long being there was a huge addition to that Eagles front line. Uh, uh, Brandon Graham had nine and a half sacks this season. I think those guys have enough guys up front that can get out to the quarterback. And another guy that nobody really talks about that's been playing well is Tim Jernigan. I think the best way to, get, to beat Brady is to get pressure up the middle. And the Philadelphia Eagles can do that. You talk about pressure up the middle. I mean, you were one of the one of the big time, big four guys up front on the on the front four when it came down to applying pressure uh, to the quarterback. We go all the way back to the Hula Bowl. Nobody knows that, but you and I go all the way back to the Hula Bowl back in our our days of of being youngsters. But even back then, you were a guy that applied a lot of pressure and you played with a lot of passion. Give me your take on Fletcher Cox. Coach was really smart with not letting him play a lot, you know, get a lot of reps during the regular season. But at the very end, they started giving more reps and he looks looked more fresh than he did at the beginning of the season. Give me your take on how he's been playing. Man, listen, you know, it, it's two guys that, that, that in the back-to-back had a chance to see. That was Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox. And even though Aaron Donald is a different beast, Fletcher Cox is right in that same category. He's a guy that you have to have two people on him at all times. You have to block in with two. And that's what makes him so special. Even when you block in with two, he can still put pressure on the quarterback. He's a guy that factors in huge in the run game. And that's one of the things that you're going to have to stop. He is a special player, man. He's one of those big guys that has a lot of athleticism, and he has a lot of speed and a lot of power for a guy his size. Hugh, let me give you a topic for your morning show, although you might have covered it this week. You see, Fletcher Cox says he's never watched the Super Bowl on TV at all. Are you buying that? That seems strange to me. Is that fake let news? Let me tell you, we talk, it's funny that you bring this up because we talked about it this morning. Hey, man, listen, the thing about it, like, it all depends on what's your definition of watching the Super Bowl because you cannot go anywhere on this planet on Super Bowl Sunday and not be affected by the Super Bowl in some way. Now, you might not sit there and watch every play, 
but you are you are somewhere where somebody's talking about the game. You're somewhere where somebody's watching the game. I mean, this is what everybody's doing on Super Bowl Sunday. This is like this is woven into the fabric of America to watch the Super Bowl or be a part of it. All the wing, chicken wings that are being sold, all the chips and dip, and you mean to tell me that you are in an area or a place where nobody's watching the Super Bowl? You must be under a rock because everybody's watching the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday or being around it. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening to your passion. You're hitting. You're punching your hands together. You 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 really are immersed into this because this is a big game for Philadelphia. And let's let's not let's not fake it. You know, Tom Brady is arguably the best quarterback to ever do it. I mean, he's 40 years old. You know, he played against the best defense. We can all say when it comes to turnovers last week against Jacksonville, and was still capable of overcoming that pressure. What is he going to have to do this week uh, to not get beat by the Philadelphia defense? Who I saw a annihilate that Minnesota Vikings offense. You know what, man? It's funny. I, I look at Tom Brady, and I think what happened last week is Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville got conservative. Jacksonville got happy with the lead that they had, and, and they felt like, you know, the game was over. If there's ever any time on the clock, the game is never over, especially when you got a guy like Tom Brady. And as you see, as the game went on, those two turnovers for Jack, those two uh, penalties for Jacksonville really cost them. And that's when the momentum started to switch into New England's favor, and they started to come back. And then you saw at the end of that game, the, the Jacksonville defense gave Blake Bortles a couple opportunities to win the game, to put the game away. He couldn't get it done. You can't do that, man. You can't take your foot off the gas pedal when you're playing the New England Patriots. You, if you got them against the ropes, you have to keep them against the ropes. Hugh Douglas is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Hugh, I'm sure as you guys next week go all in with the big game, you'll go category by category looking for the edge. If we're trying to come up with areas that Philadelphia might have an advantage in, do you look at the ground game with a one-two punch at Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt? I know Nick Foles was sensational in the NFC title game, but it feels like if Philadelphia can run the ball, keep Brady off the field, they may have a shot. There's no question about that. You know, one of the things about about being in the playoffs, the, the teams that can run the ball in December and January are the teams that have the best success of winning a Super Bowl, and the Eagles can do that. They imposed their will on the Atlanta Falcons in the first week of play for them when they offered a bye. They are a team that can run the ball. The, big, the thing that you have to do is keep Nick Foles in manageable downs and let that defense do what that defense does. But, again, I must express and stress that you cannot get conservative if you get a lead on the New England Patriots. You have to keep your foot on the gas pedal to beat this team. I think, Hugh, you probably can be happy about this because with Doug Peterson, especially when it comes to being conservative, because one thing I saw him uh, be able to do, I think going back to the Rams game on the road, uh, I think he had an interview after that game and and you know, most of the time when you go to your backup quarterback, you have a tendency to want to control the game by kind of building his way up uh, to the momentum of what the game was before your starting quarterback got injured. He said, you know what? We're going to keep it going the way we had it. And all of a sudden, you end up seeing him get a chance to start in the postseason. And it was the same way. He was playing as if he was a starter all year. How happy are you about the way uh, Coach Doug Peterson actually went out and actually orchestrated his team of new players and also some backup quarterbacks like a, a Nick Foles? You know, it's funny because at first you, you was a little nervous about it, and everybody in Philadelphia was because Nick Foles went out there and he didn't really play well, but Coach believed in him. He gave him the time that he needed to get acclimated to the offense, get up to speed with all the other guys. And even in that, in that Atlanta game, 
he came off and he looked a little rocky, but as the game settled down, he got it together and he played better. I think it's all about confidence, man, and, and, and your teammates believing in you and coach believing in you. Because as you know, Cordell, you played that position before. If right. you have if you believe in your quarterback and your quarterback knows that if he makes a mistake he's not gonna be yanked, that makes it so much easier to play and you don't make that many mistakes when you when you know you got every everybody has your back. Your last one for me, if you had to pick one area, one component, what do you think the Super Bowl might come down to? I think it's going to come down, man, to the who, who which D-line plays the best and how well that D-line can get pressure on Tom Brady. I mean, we've seen it, man. You know, uh, the New York Giants twice. The formula is to rush the passer, to make him frustrated, move him off the pocket, move him out of the pocket, man. If you could do that on a consistent basis, then Philadelphia doesn't have to worry about a thing. You, thanks so much for coming on the show. I've caught you doing mornings in Atlanta. A lot of energy, a lot of dynamic insights. But tell my <laughs> man Cordell, he keeps trying to talk me into making this a morning show. Life is not that sweet when the alarm clock goes off at 4 o'clock in the morning, right? Man, let, me, let, me, let me tell you, I have no social life. Thank and you, when it comes to Preach, <laughs> preach. <laughs> Most of the time, you know what? I woke up from a powerful nap to, to be on with you guys today. But outside of that, don't really do a whole lot. But I love doing the mornings. I love, like, driving in, the, the drive in with the people of, of Atlanta. But, man, no social life. Not a real one. Hey, Hugh. He does the show from 4 to 7, and he doesn't have a life. So it doesn't matter if it's 6 in the morning or if it's 4 to 7. You are Monday married to the show. I'm That's why saying. I'm compelling on the radio. You understand that. You've got to have a soul focus yeah, in life. I get it. You know, I get it. I get it. I get it. Appreciate you, Hugh. Thank you, Hugh. Have a great weekend. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. All you want to do is listen to TuneIn, but all you hear is noise with Bose QC35 wireless headphones, too. All you need to do is flip the switch, and suddenly all the Super Bowl talk comes through loud and clear. Bose QC35 headphones are engineered with world-class noise cancellation, innovative wireless technology up to 20 hours of battery life lose the noise lose the wires lose yourself in super bowl talk on tune in visit bose.com slash no huddle to experience bose qc 35 headphones right now bose the official sound of super bowl 52 welcome back to nfl no huddle the podcast here are your hosts brian weber and cordell stewart as we continue on nfl no huddle the podcast let's welcome in a three-time super bowl champion matt Light, the former Patriots offensive lineman. Matt, how you doing today? Well, I think I'm doing good, and hopefully my cell phone is as well. <laughs> you sound <laughs> tremendous. Let's go back to Tom Brady early in his career, before he became the greatest quarterback of all time. We hear about his focus, his zeal, his determination. What was he like in the locker room at the start of his career? Well, not quite like he is now. Um, but, you know, look, he was always a hard worker. I mean, the guy, you know, always prepared like he was a starter, you know, even when he was the backup to the backup. You know, we had, you know, we had Bledsoe who was slinging it around and, you know, just obviously a great quarterback and doing his thing. But uh, Tommy always prepared hard, man. I mean, I think that's the one thing that, you know, he's always hung his hat on. Matt, when you look at how he does it, though, I mean, you've been around some quarterbacks. Maybe not too, too many, but some. Um, what what separates him, uh, considering all what you just said, but what truly separates him from the rest? Well, look, I mean, yeah, I've been pretty fortunate with my quarterbacks. I've had Drew Brees at, at Purdue. 
right. who I was, uh, you know, fortunate enough to play with, and then, uh, you know, Tommy. And, and they both have the same quality. They're just relentless. I mean, they, they love to compete. I don't think there's enough emphasis put on, you know, a player and, and just really how they attack the things they do because of the competition. I mean, competition doesn't just mean that you want to win. It's, it's what you do to put yourself in a position to win. I mean, he competes at everything, whether it's practice or throwing, you know, a piece of paper in a wastebasket. So it's just – and both those guys are the same way, by the way. And, Matt, so much has been made about Brady potentially wanting to play until he's 45 and discussion of legacy. But do you think it comes down to perhaps the simple observation, he just loves football and wants to play as long as he can? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, you know, he he enjoys everything about, you know, the game of football. And and again, mainly because it's all about competition. It's it's competing in the weight room, it's competing, you know, with his nutrition, it's competing against the guys that are trying to take his spot, right? It's it's getting guys to compete at a higher level, you know, within, you know, the receiving core and getting, you know, all those little aspects of, of practice and preparation and everything else to, to a higher level each and every day. And, and that's, that's why he does what he does. When you look at this football team, it almost seems as if they just cannot be beat. I mean, I mean, you don't have to give out the secrets, but if you're from the outside looking in, what is the secret or what's the most important component of this game in order to beat this football team? Because you truly have to play for 65 minutes, let's just say every single game, because if not, you may end up losing. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's just, that's just part of it right there. You know, it's, um, you're not going to, you're not going to beat a new England team by thinking at any point the game is over until it's over. Right. I mean, that, that's, um, that's a fatal mistake that we've seen play out too many times. And especially, you know, um, if you look at this past weekend and the job that you know Jacksonville did, I mean they played a great game for almost the whole game, but it wasn't enough to beat these guys. And and the flip side of that is what you saw in the NFC Championship, where you had you know really, a really good team um, in Minnesota, but you know they just didn't have the confidence. You know they 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 lost that edge and and they couldn't get it back. So look, there's a lot of things that make up you know, reasons why New England has been able to dominate, you know, for as long as they have. Think of the continuity between the coach and the quarterback and, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the people in that coaching staff, by the way, that make up the core elements of that group. And then, you know, really Coach Belichick and, you know, the things that he's learned over the years and how he puts everybody on the same level and, and has expectations that, you know, each and every guy that's in that locker room is going to put in, you know, as many hours as possible. They're going to ignore all the noise from their family and their friends, and they're going to focus on the game of football and getting better week in and week out. Chatting with Matt Light, the former Patriots offensive lineman, now doing great work with his Light Foundation. We'll discuss that in a minute. Matt, let me ask you a question we posed on this program to Rodney Harris and Willie McGinnis. What does the Patriot way mean to you? Well, you know, it's a lot of things. Um, I work with a lot of companies and, and do a lot of speaking engagements. And, and when I talk about it, it's, um, I think it's a little bit different for each guy, right? You know, you, you talk about Willie Mack and Brew and Rodney Harrison or, or other guys that have been in the media or doing things where they've been asked this question. And I think we're all going to give a little bit of a different answer. But 
it's all wrapped around the same concept. And, you know, look, I work with a lot of kids. You reference the Life Foundation, and, and, I, and I use a lot of what I learned over my 11-year career in New England where I, you know, that's the only system I knew, right? And the thing I tell a lot of people is this, that you can be asked to do a lot of things by a lot of different individuals. And we all know the difference between, you know, the guy that's supposedly the boss, right? And I say that supposedly because not every boss should be a boss or really truly is a boss, even though they wear that title. But you can be asked to do a lot of things by upper management or the boss. And a lot of times it's going to fall on deaf ears. And when, it, when, when that happens, it's mainly because when you look at that boss, that leader, he's not doing the things that you know he should be doing so you don't respect him, which means you don't have buy-in, which means you never fully realize the full potential of whatever that group is supposed to be doing. The flip side of that is when you do have a boss that puts in countless hours and is always showing up and has an answer for almost everything and is just relentless in their pursuit, when they ask you to take your game to the next level, you can't call them out on it. You can't really argue it because you know what they sacrifice personally. That's the best way that I could describe what I believe to be, you know, the Patriot way and what's led to a lot of our success. When you see how, you know, everyone, and you probably hear this sometimes, man, it's the system, it's the system, it's the system. All I know is if you if you connect it to what happens in basketball, right, you think of the San Antonio Spurs, that system, it worked with Tim Duncan. This system in New England, it only truly works when it comes to championships with Tom Brady. Give me your take on what people think about the quote-unquote system when it comes down to winning championships. Well, the the system is a big part of winning. I mean, look, you can't have a conversation about the dominance of New England and, you know, their ability to do what they've done over this 17, 18-year stretch without considering both Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So you're not going to be able to, um, you know, win that battle or that case, you know, with whatever, you know, rationale you have. Um, I think, though, I think that there's a good case to be made for, you know, the fact that we have won games when Tom hasn't been in there. And, you know, whether it was a Matt Castle or Garoppolo and Brissett or whoever it may have been, it hasn't happened a lot. But there is the ability to win games without Tom Brady. Now, do you win championships? I don't know. I don't don't know if that's that's possible. I mean, I guess at some point we're going to find out, but until – you know, until that old goat decides to retire, we're just going to have to keep speculating. <laughs> Matt, we reference the foundation. I'm looking at the website right now for the Light Foundation, and the emphasis is on outdoor learning experiences for youth. Tell us about your foundation and what you're achieving. Yeah, you know, it's just been incredible. Look, I've, I've been fortunate that the game of football has, has given me a platform and You know, we launched this foundation in 2002, and we work with, you know, kids from all around the country. We bring them in. We've got a 500-plus-acre facility in Ohio that we call Chinawith Trails. This has been something that's been near and dear to my heart and my whole family and all the people that support it for a long time now. And uh, really the emphasis is, look, we got a lot of young people that are out there that, you know, people just don't have the time or they don't have people in their lives that can take the time you know, to sit down and show them the right way and do what we call being real, responsible, ethical, accountable, and at the end of the day, leaders. And we've got a lot of great programs that are on our website that people can check out. And uh, we also have, 
you know, things that we do. We don't get any government grants and, and support from that realm, but we do a lot of events and we have these raffles, which we're closing one out here a week from today, and that's playoffraffle.com. And if you go to playoffraffle.com, you're going to get an opportunity for a few bucks to be in and into a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You're going to get your airfare. You're going to get two tickets to the Super Bowl. And you're also going to get a hotel room, everything you need to enjoy a great game. And, uh, look, it does a lot for the Life Foundation. So they're a buck apiece. Get as many or as little as you want, and uh, you'll get a chance to win that great package. And uh, we love sending people you know, to these awesome events through these raffles. Sounds tremendous. Matt, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. We enjoyed the conversation and look forward to potentially talking about another Patriot Super Bowl victory in the future. Thanks, Matt. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll see you. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. It's a new year and time for you to explore new podcasts on TuneIn. What better way to celebrate the new year than taking a look back at the best podcasts of 2017? From news and politics to true crime, comedy, and history favorites, we've rounded up our favorites and there's something for everyone. Shows included Dirty John, S-Town, My Favorite Murder, Homecoming, Pod Save America. Start your new year with these podcasts and more. Just search podcasts on TuneIn today. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's bring in the Senior Bowl's Executive Director, Phil Savage. Phil, thanks for taking the time. Baker Mayfield has had some off-the-field issues, but sounds like he's really impressed many executives this week. What can you tell us about Baker? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Uh, we've had a, a really productive week here. I think this has been a good experience for Baker Mayfield. On the field, he's been, I think, what people expected in terms of the NFL scouts. He's a he's a basketball point guard. When the defense tries to pressure him, he can distribute it to all parts of the field. When the defense lays off, he takes off and drives the lane, and he'll run it for 10, 12, 15 yards and pick up a first down. He's a very instinctive player in that regard. Uh, he seemed to, to adapt to what the Broncos were asking him to do fairly fairly easily. And I think off the field, uh, the teams that he met with, I don't know the feedback from that in terms of the, the, the real feeling on it, but I do know he's had an extremely busy uh, last four days. I know his body language has been one that's that's been pretty intriguing because he looked like he's a little like a little Tasmanian devil. He looked like he never has a dull moment. But tell me about Saquon Barkley, uh, the running back, uh, or any other quarterback for that matter, or top player that could be drafted in the top five spots that you see actually shining and getting it done. Yeah, you know Cordell, we've of course down here with Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback. You guys mentioned him as the lead in. You know, ultimately, he may end up being the first player taken from this game. And, you know, for the we had 600 members of the national media here on Tuesday. Many of them have never seen Josh Allen one time in his career. And so they make some snap judgments. You see him launch a ball five yards over someone's head, and all of a sudden, you know, hey, he's inaccurate and this and that. And the truth of it is, with Josh Allen, it really doesn't matter what he looked like on Tuesday at Senior Bowl week. What is going to matter? What's going to matter is what he looks like two years from now because he's got an unlimited ceiling potential-wise. He's six five. He's two hundred thirty-seven pounds. He's got a rocket of an arm. He's still learning how to finesse the ball to different parts of the field, the short, intermediate, uh, in between type throws. 
but I, I just think that's a real contrast. And they were on the on the same team. And to me, Baker Mayfield, you know exactly what he is in terms of what you're going to get as a player. And I think that'll probably continue going forward. With Josh Allen, there is a, a huge upside because of the physical dimension he brings to the table. And it's going to be fascinating to see how these teams separate all this out. But I do think Josh has a, a great chance to go in the top ten and maybe even in the top five. Chatting with Phil Savage, executive director of the Senior Bowl. Phil, since we've covered the quarterbacks, what receivers should we be tracking in the game tomorrow? In our game tomorrow, I thought that uh, James Washington from Oklahoma State, he had a, a good week of practice. We give awards for the three days of practice, and he, he got that trophy last night. Michael Gallup from Colorado State, I thought, did some nice things uh, in terms of especially the first two days of practice. We had several tight ends here that stood out. Mike Gesicki from Penn State seemed to make a lot of catches. And I tell you, sort of a sleeper name to keep an eye on. Jordan Aikens from UCF, the 26-year-old former baseball player. He was considered an underclassman in school, but he graduated, so that made him eligible after he basically intended that he was going to come into this draft. And he's been really impressive, especially the last two days. He got a lot of passes directed at him, and he's done a tremendous job here. When you talk about the draft and all the players that are actually coming out, you mentioned Josh Allen. Uh, what about Josh Rosen and what he's capable of doing? Tell me, tell me, if you look at the top guy as far as a quarterback is concerned, what do you think they're actually looking for? Does the size really matter when it comes to Matt Barker, when it comes down, excuse me, when it comes down to the young kid in, in Baker Mayfield and what he's capable of doing as far as his energy, his leadership, and also his, let's just say the, the ability of not being afraid of being good. Sure, Coyle. You know, the, the Rosen and, and, of course, Darnold uh, were not eligible for us because they're underclassmen without degrees at this point. I've seen both of them, though, at the Manning Academy down in Thibodeau the last couple summers, and so I have an opinion on it. Rosen's a pure thrower. There's no doubt about it. But I think the question on Josh really is from the neck up in terms of the attitude, character, leadership, Will teams will play teammates resonate uh, with his style of of uh, leadership, and then of course he's had some injuries in terms of staying healthy, and we know what the NFL uh, season is like. And then of course with Sam Darnold, I think everyone is impressed with his eyes and his fact, his ability to distribute the ball. But the turnovers this year were were absolutely uh, will be a concern for these teams. Uh, I think there'll be a, a lot of scrutiny uh, on him once those two, on both of these guys, once they get to the combine and go under the magnifying glass, so to speak. But I do think it's the two juniors and then Josh Allen, the, the underclassman graduate. That's how he got here. He finished school in December, made him eligible here in, in Baker Mayfield. And, you know, we got about four months to figure it all out. But uh, bottom line reality is you got to find the guy that's got the physical good but also brings the intangibles because I don't know if you guys heard or saw the, the comment from Tom Brady saying, look, if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice your life because that basically is what he's done for almost the last 20 years. And these kids really have to understand and grasp that it's an all-day, everyday deal to be a successful NFL quarterback at a championship level.
Phil Savage, executive director of the Senior Bowl, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Phil, what does it say about the massive popularity of the draft and the prestige of your event that your practices generated live coverage of both ESPN and NFL Network this week? Well, it's something that we've really tried to, to get out there as we've uh, in some ways marketed our event. The Senior Bowl has been around a long time. Reese's came on as a title sponsor uh, five games ago. This is their fifth game in a row to do it. Uh, that kind of international brand in conjunction with Adidas and Morgan Stanley and the coverage from ESPN and the NFL Network uh, has, I think, helped our messaging in terms of trying to educate the college prospect and coach that we are not the last game of your college career. No, no, no. We're the first game in the first step towards your professional career. And I think the, the guys that came down here, 110 of them, recognize that. I've seen a number of them. We have a fan fest going on inside the building. I stepped out for a moment. I've had a number of them telling, Mr. Savage, thank you so much for the invite. I got so much out of this, and I've got the right mindset going forward in terms of what it's really going to take for me to go from being a college prospect to an NFL player. And there is a huge difference in those two terms. When you talk about that, you, you want to throw the underclassmen into the mix that decide decided to come out this year. Tell me which underclassmen that you saw uh, that was an outstanding one or just stood out more than most at the at the event. Well, Cordell, of course, you know, I do the, the color analyst work for Alabama's radio network, so I've had the good fortune of seeing guys like Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> over the last couple of years, and then Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver. Minka, of course, is a defensive back. I mean, I think those are, you know, two top-shelf uh, talented players that, you know, obviously Minka's going to go very high. I think Calvin Ridley could be the first receiver, but this is not necessarily a real deep or a real – uh, top-shelf-oriented wide receiver group. So I don't know when the first one would come off, but Calvin Ridley's going to be in that conversation. And, of course, with our game, the, the NFL gave us an exemption. We asked for it five years ago. But if someone had a degree in hand by December, it doesn't matter if they're a third or fourth or third or fourth-year junior, that would make them eligible. And we had five of those in this game, including Josh Allen and four others. And we also had two other players that they thought they were juniors and it had another year left, but the league ultimately at the uh, 11th hour said, no, you're uh, you're eligible now. So we were able to get them in the game. And that was Tanner Lee from Nebraska, the quarterback, and then Byron Pringle, a wide receiver from Kansas State. Bill, we know it's a tremendously busy week for you, so we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today and have a great game tomorrow. Guys, I appreciate the time. Hope you're doing well. Enjoyed the conversation. And uh, come see us one year there on TuneIn Radio. You guys need a table down here on Radio Row. We will get that done. Thank you, Phil. Guys, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.